Hey, and welcome to Orla's Happy Hormones podcast, episode three. So today I'm talking all things smear tests. Over the last few weeks, I've had a lot of people send me messages about smears and questions and fears, like so many fears. I knew everybody had a little bit of fear around smears, but I didn't realize to what extent. Like, girls, it's... Yeah, I get it. The idea of going in to a doctor or a nurse or some random stranger and having to lie up on a table and spread your legs and have them look at your vagina is very scary. I get this. But at the same time, it's so necessary right now. Like, the cases of cervical cancer are going up. But the reason for this... No, there's many reasons for this, but, like... As a naturopath, I always say prevention is better than cure. Smear tests are there to prevent cervical cancer. Smear tests aren't there to show up cervical cancer. They're there to show up pre-cancer cells. And if these pre-cancer cells show up for you, they can be treated. And that's the beauty of a smear test. It may be an ugly beauty, but it's still a beauty at the end of the day. So I'm going to talk to you about literally the whole process of going for a smear, what it involves, how to go about getting one done, what happens with the outcome, as in what the results show, if it's a good result or a bad result, whatever. I'm going to go in depth into what it's like to be lying up on a doctor's table. If I could, I'd have a doctor. I'd actually know if I could, I'd record it while I was in the doctor's office getting it done, but apparently that's frowned upon. But anyway, so yeah, I'm going to go through everything got to do with smears fee and exactly what it is that smear tests are showing up and what happens if you have any abnormalities and things like that. Um, I'm going to get into the nitty gritty of it. I'm going to say the word vagina an awful lot. So get used to hearing vagina, 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 vagina. And... Also, I am going to apologise now for my croakiness because, unfortunately, I have that beautiful upper respiratory tract infection that's doing the rounds at the moment. Now, I'm fighting it off with my herbs and everything, but I'm still a bit croaky, so you'll have to put up my hoarse voice. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll just get started. So, what is a smear test? Um, It's now called cervical screening. It used to be called smear tests. Basically, cervical screening is a test done to look for any abnormalities in the cervix and find them before they potentially potentially turn into cancer. That word, potentially, is very key. Just because an abnormality shows up doesn't automatically mean you have cervical cancer. It just means there's an abnormality there. So 99% of cervical cancer cases... Um, they're caused from what's called HPV. So that is the human papilloma virus. It's actually a really common virus and a lot of people don't realize this. Around 80% of us are going to have HPV at some point in our lives. You're not going to know it's there. You're not going to know you have it. There'll be no symptoms, but generally the immune system will fight it off itself. It usually takes about 18 months. It could be less, but it usually takes about 18 months for the body or your immune system to clear HPV itself. So even if you have a small abnormality, 
it could just be that you have HPV at the moment. It does not mean that the HPV is going to progress. Like I said, 80% of us in our lifetime will develop HPV. But our body can clear it ourselves. Unfortunately, for those cases of women who their body, not their body, but that the their, their immune system can't fight it off or that the HPV is too aggressive, as in it's a strong a strong case of HPV, it will progress on to cervical cancer. And this is when the problems are starting. But for 9 out of 10 smears, or sorry, should I say, 9 out of 10 smears will come back clear. So it's that 1 in 10 where the HPV virus persists and then there's a risk of it turning into the precancerous cells, which then turns into cervical cancer. Now, when it comes to the test, like I said, it is about prevention. It's it The test is there to show what an abnormality. It's not there to show up cancer. And I know a lot of you are afraid to go for the test because they're afraid that it's going to come back and say, oh my God, I've got cancer. Um, unfortunately, there there is that small percent it's not even small in our population but there is that percentage of women where it does come back and they do have cervical cancer but for the majority it comes back either clear or else with a slight abnormality and that's because the HPV is there but it will clear itself out of the system when you get an abnormality or if an abnormality comes back it can take up to 10 years for that abnormality to, to turn into cancer and again that's at a very low grade abnormality so again like these are all stats that are out there but also I would always say to you when you're going for your smear to talk to your doctor about what are the chances of if it's an abnormality of returning into cervical cancer it all depends on what the abnormality is like it it could literally just be something very small Uh, you could have high inflammation levels as well which is causing an abnormality it's down to a number of factors so how do you go about getting your smear test done? So the process is very straightforward, especially here in Ireland and UK. It's now automatic that we will get a notification from your doctor. Your doctors will write out to you once you turn 25 and let you know that it's time to go for your smear. The reason for it being 25 is that experts are now saying that screening before this can do more harm than good as the body could get rid of HPV itself within 18 months, as I've previously said. These experts are saying that this could cause unnecessary treatment, which will lead to further problems down the line, like preterm labour or some slight damage to the cervical. So that's why they're waiting until people turn 25. Because we can contract HPV. Now, you can actually, it is possible to contract HPV during birth. You can contract HPV from your mother's vagina while you're coming into into this universe. So... Like I said, HPV, it's it's a virus, but the body can get rid of it itself within 18 months. So that's why they don't want to be calling people in before 25 just to prevent any sort of long-term damage to the likes of the cervix. Or Again, if there's too much intervention there, it can cause damage as well. So they're trying to prevent making more cases, should I say. 
So let me get down to the nitty gritty of it all of what exactly happens when you get that call for your first smear test. So like I said, when you're 25, you'll get a letter out from your doctor's office. Then you have to ring your doctor to make the appointment. So many people think that automatically you get the letter and that's it. The appointment is made for you. No, you need to ring your doctor, make the appointment, let them know that it's your first smear. And let the receptionist know on the phone as well that this is your first smear. Let them know that you're feeling really scared or anxious or vulnerable even. It's the one thing about smears that a lot of people don't talk about is that vulnerability of it. For me, personally, I can't even count on both my hands how many smears and internals and everything I've had over the years. And that's thanks to my lovely gynae problems and all my cysts and endometriosis and everything. But when it comes to your first time smear, it is nerve wracking. So let the receptionist know it's your first time and that you're nervous. They will put you at ease. They A lot of the time, they might actually give you the option, do you want to see the doctor or is it okay to go to the nurse? Because most practices, it'll be the, the practice nurse that will do the smear for you. To be honest, sometimes it's better to get it from the nurse. This is no offense to doctors out there. I, I, I am not saying anything against them. I get mine done from my own doctor because she's very... She takes a lot of care and effort with all of her patients and I love my doctor for that. Uh, it's just a lot of the times when you're going to the nurses, they're doing five, six, seven smears a day. So it's literally like a conveyor belt. They know exactly what they're doing. It's so natural to them that it could be, a, there, there may be a lot less discomfort um, all depending on your doctor and if they do them a lot. Like I said, my doctor does mine. And that's because she likes to take care in each and every one of her patients. So ring ring the practice, make the appointment, go in. You're well entitled to bring someone with you if you're if you're really nervous. Like a friend of mine, I'm not gonna name any names, don't worry. Uh, but she is yet to get one done. And both myself and her boyfriend are at her constantly. So if you are listening. This is another hint that you're. I'm coming with you. Um, but yeah, I'm going to bring her to get her smear done. And I will go in. Now, I'm not going to sit down beside the doctor while they're doing it. Now, to be honest, it, it would be interesting for me out of research purposes. But I won't do it. Like, you can bring someone with you. Just get them to come up and sit by your head and hold your hand and make you laugh. The most important thing is being relaxed and comfortable. If you don't bring someone with you, again, when you get in there, when you're talking to the, either the doctor or the nurse, tell them you're nervous. If you're like me and you laugh uncontrollably in awkward situations, you'll actually have great crack and you'll make their day too. So when you get in, what they're going to tell you to undress from the waist down. Now, if you're wearing a skirt, you can leave your skirt on and just take your knickers off and that's fine. If you're in pants, just take your knickers off. They'll put a blanket over your thighs and then you will now the best way to describe it is for anyone if you've gone and gotten a bikini wax literally you know how they tell you bring your your heels up to your bum and spread the knees out wide basically like a frog so you'll be frog legging it up on the table and again you're going to feel a bit uncomfortable and vulnerable but it'll be okay then the doctor will come in once you're undressed. They're not going to watch you get undressed. Like, you know, they're not perverts. They're, they are a medical profession, so don't be worrying about it. 
um, they will come in and they will shine, it's like a big lamp really, up between your legs and it's just so that they can see into the cervix and doctors know and nurses know the signs to look out for if it looks like there's any abnormalities there so if there is anything they may not tell you but if it looks clear they're going to say Do you know the cervix looks clear that's it's a great sign they may tell you if you have thrush every time I get mine done they're like you have a bit of thrush there or I'm like yeah I know it's kind of always there but it doesn't bother me because I, I keep it under control again I did a post on thrush on Facebook and Instagram. You can take a look at it. There are ways to help with your thrush too. But they'll be able to tell you how everything looks. If it looks clear, if it looks normal, you know, straight away they're going to put you at ease. So then what happens next is they will tell you to take a couple of deep breaths just to relax yourself. You need to relax the muscles down. Then they'll take what's called an instrument. It's a plastic kind of tool that's not a good word tool it's a plastic instrument and it's called a speculum and it's what's more commonly called a duck's beak um so they'll take that and they will lube it up efficiently so don't worry it's not going to be painful going in um if you have had sex if you're not a virgin it's basically the same as that initial insertion so there'll be a little bit of pressure but like I said, there will be they will lube it up completely, so it's fine. And once the duck's beak has been inserted, they will use it to open the cervix. So you'll hear a bit of a noise, and that's just the cervix opening up so they can get the swab in. This isn't painful. <clears throat> it's uncomfortable because there's a big difference between having sex and having a duck's beak inserted in you, but it's it's not painful, it's just uncomfortable. Once the cervix is opened, then they're going to take the swab or the scraping from the cervix lining. This is something that a lot of you are really scared of and you're like, oh my God, it's going to be so painful. It's not. It's like, it's actually not painful. You have no nerve endings in your cervix, so you're not going to feel anything. It's going to be over and done with before you know it. The whole process takes about two to five minutes from once you're up on that bed when they take the scraping, you're waiting for something to happen and nothing happens. They take it out, they put it into a vial, they send it off for analysis, but then they'll obviously they'll remove the duck's beak, but you're not going to feel anything at all. Then they'll let you get dressed and you'll sit down and you'll have a chat and they will let you know what the story is when it comes to the results, what the results will mean. So there's low grade, medium grade and high grade abnormalities. When it comes to abnormalities, now let me just say this again, nine out of 10 smears come back clear. That's nine out of 10 will come back clear. So if something does come back, if an abnormality comes back, it will be either low, medium or high. If it's a low grade abnormality, they will more than likely tell you to come back to, to them, to the doctor in three to six months get another smear done, send that off for analysis, bring it back. If that comes back with abnormalities again, then you may get sent to the colposcopy clinic. And if it comes back fine, then you're good to go for another three to five years. So as well, the best times to get your smear, 
A lot of people are asking, can you get your smear when you're on your period? Because it's the only chance you can get. To be honest, it's not. I wouldn't be going getting your smear test done while you're on your period. Two reasons. One, you feel a hell of a lot more comfortable when you're not on your period. Like, do you, nobody really wants to be lying on a bed with anybody looking at their vagina in the first place. You don't want someone looking at your vagina while you're bleeding as well. But but for me, that would be for me anyway. I would, I think, especially for your first time, put it off until your period's over and yeah, it, it is much better. But also the doctors do prefer that you come in uh, between days one and days 10 of your cycle anyway. Um, and this is because they'll get a better reading. They'll get a better sample from your cervix and they'll be able to get a, a proper reading and a proper analysis from it too. So like I said, you'll either be going back to your doctor for a follow-up smear three to six months later after the first abnormality. And again, if it comes back with another abnormality, you may be sent to the colposcopy clinic. Again, that all depends on what grade it is and what your doctor thinks. So what's a colposcopy? Colposcopy, you're asking. Um, so it's basically the same thing as this mirror. It's, it involves a doctor or a nurse looking at the cervix with an instrument called a colposcope. I can never say that word, so I'm sorry. A colposcope is basically just a big magnifying glass. Now, that doesn't go anywhere near you. So when you go into the colposcopy clinic, it's the same thing as a smear. You're going in, you're hopping up on the bed, you're getting the duck's beak put in and they are literally just looking at the cervix, at the lining of the cervix, seeing what abnormalities are there, if there are any abnormalities, if they've cleared up themselves. Like I said earlier, if it's due to HPV, it can clear itself out of the system within 18 months. It can be less than 18 months, so there may not be anything there. Now, if, they're, if they are seeing abnormal areas or they see something that's concerning them, what they'll do then is they will take what's called a cervical biopsy from the surface of your cervix. Now, you might feel a bit of pinching from this or a, a slight sensation. Um, it's nothing major though. Alternatively, the doctor may remove a patch of abnormal surface cells on the cervix if, they're, if they are there. And that'll be done through local anesthetic. So again, you won't feel anything. And again, the biopsy will be sent off for testing and analysis and then it'll come back and you'll get the results and you'll know what the, the next port to call is there. But again, remember what I said, nine out of 10 smears come back fine. For that one in 10, they will have to go to the colposcopy clinic. But again, not always is there going to be any further issues. It's just a slight abnormality. And this procedure, it'll be done on the day. You're in and out in the one day. And look, it's not particularly pleasant, but it's not excruciating either. Do you know, like I've had a number of procedures done in the past, be it colposcopy and HCGs and laparoscopies and all that jazz. And the colposcopy clinic was the nicest out of all of them, to be honest. And... Yeah, like, I know it is scary, the thoughts of having to go through all of that. And it, it's not even going through all of that. It's being in a vulnerable position. I know I've said this already, but that really is what it comes down to for a lot of women. 
it's that feeling of being exposed like you're lying up on a table with your legs spread eagled and you've got some random person looking at your vagina and it's not in a nice sexual pleasant way it's it's very clinical so I do understand that but what you do need to understand as well is that these people are doing this as their daily job they do it every single day now I know it might be easy for me talking about it like I said I've had numerous smears colposcopies hcgs and laparoscopies and internals I've had I remember one time um having an internal done and the student doctors were on ward and they pulled them in I think I had like five random people staring into my vagina all at the same time (laughs) and if that doesn't make you feel vulnerable I don't know what would well yeah it did I remember leaving there and I went home to my mom and my sister and I was like I feel really exposed and vulnerable and I know it's medical and I know it has to be done, but I do feel really exposed. And my sister sat with me and I remember she held my hand and she was like, of course you feel vulnerable and exposed. Like that is your sacred space. And it's one thing that we don't think of as women that our vaginas and our cervix and our womb, it is our sacred space. This is the area where we create life. This is our most sensitive and most vulnerable area. And we have to expose it for tests to prevent getting cancer. It's all very scary and I completely understand it. But still, it it does need to be done. We need to have our smears and we need to get checked out and we need to have our reproductive health checked out and you need to go to the doctor. It's unfortunately in the world that we're living in right now with all the reproductive problems that there are out there we need to keep on top of them and we have to take responsibility for that ourselves as women and as individuals we need to have responsibility over our own bodies and over our own health now that does bring me on to women who have been sexually assaulted and who've or had any sort of sexual violence in their life, having a smear test after having any sort of sexual assault or sexual violence against you is, it's scarier than, it's scarier than the normal woman having to go, not normal woman, but the average woman who has never experienced anything like that. So what I will say to any woman who's listening who has had any sort of sexual assault on them, is to let your doctor know beforehand or the nurse know. If you're not comfortable letting the receptionist know, that's fine. When you get there, when you get into your doctor or into the nurse, they're going to be normal because it's a normal everyday thing for them. You need to take this time to say to them, I was a victim of a sexual assault or sexual violence or abuse. I need... I need this to go very gentle. You can't rush this. You need to be patient with me. I'm going to freeze up. You need to help me breathe. What they will do is they will sit down with you and they will wait for as long as you need. And they'll talk to you. They'll ask you if you want to talk about the the incidents. 
you may not want to, so you don't have to. All you have to say is, no, I don't want to talk about this, what happened to me. But I do just need a minute and I'm really nervous about having this foreign object being put inside me. Be clinical with them if you want to be clinical with them. Say, I, I'm uncomfortable with a foreign object being placed inside me. They will understand that and they will let you take as much time as you need. If you're not clinical about it and if you do get emotional, they will understand and they will sit with you and they will guide you through it. And they will go as easy as you need them to go. So just for any women out there who have suffered from sexual assault, sexual violence, rape, anything, let the doctor know. It doesn't matter if you have reported it, if you haven't reported it, for this case anyway, as in getting your smears done, they're not going to force you into having to do that. It's a safe space. It's doctor-client confidentiality. They're not going to force you into doing anything that you don't want to do. But if you let them know, then they can be there for you. And then if you are under 25 and you haven't been called for your smear test, but you feel that you think you need to go for a smear test, ring up your doctor and ask. Like the the main kind of symptoms for your cervical cancer would be um, the likes of abnormal bleeding, dur- bleeding during or after sex, or in between periods, or an unusual vaginal, vaginal discharge. Now, everyone, every woman has a vaginal discharge, but it would have to be like very thick or discoloured, like a, a grey, green or brown and quite smelly and it, it like most women do suffer from some sort of discharge or be a thrush but if it's abnormal discharge then maybe ring up your doctor and, and talk to them and see is it something that you should look into getting done is this smear um it, they'll tell you yes or no and if you do have concerns they'll say sure come on in look we'll we'll take a look we'll do the smear and see if anything comes back now I know I'm not going to put all your fears to rest because it's hard to put all those fears to rest when it comes to getting your smear done but I hope I've normalized it at least for you like look I've been in like I said earlier I've had countless smears and internals and everything like that doctors and nurses are used to looking at vaginas If you're worried that your vagina looks funny, don't. There are so many different types of vaginas out there. They're all different types of flowers. Don't worry about it. If there's something wrong with it, they're going to be able to tell you, oh, look, there's something wrong here. But like nine out of ten times, there's nothing wrong. So don't be panicking. Don't be worried about somebody thinking that your vagina looks funny. It doesn't. Everybody's vagina is different. If you Google what vaginas look like, it's nicer to look up like drawn images than it is actual vaginas but you get what I'm trying to say everyone every woman's body is different just like every man's body is different so don't be worried about how you look or anything like that don't be worried about having them looking at you they're not looking at you they're looking for changes in the cervical wall they're looking for abnormalities on the cervix they're not looking at your vagina they're looking in your vagina. There's a difference. And also, yeah, it's just, I know it's hard to put yourself in a vulnerable situation like that, but it is worth it in the long run. Smears are there for a reason. They're there to catch precancerous cells to prevent cervical cancer. 
so go and get your smears done do you know like I said earlier I've been to the colposcopy clinic I've had smears come back abnormal and they were low grade abnormalities I'm lucky but I'm one of the many where they just came back um, with the low grade abnormalities then when I went to the colposcopy clinic I was I was up there I think about five times and again it was just routine procedures and everything was okay and the thought of it was scarier than the actuality of it and it's over before you know it think back to this day alone when you got up in the morning when you got up out of bed to go to work or go to college or wherever all you were thinking of was having to face the day not for everyone for some people and then look at it at later on that day it's the day is done you know time passes no matter what time is going to pass either way so just make sure that while time is passing that you're healthy and go and get your smears so like I said I hope this has helped and if anybody has any further questions or anything feel free to get on to me dm me email me whatever and again if you enjoyed the podcast Tag me in it, take a screenshot, put it up on Insta. I'd only love to see some feedback. I always love a bit of feedback. Happy Thursday, everyone. And here's to healthy vaginas. <laughs>